Hey everybody, this is Matt Oney. Welcome to episode 2 of the 906 Coachcast. The 906 Coachcast is a podcast where I interview coaches at all levels with UP ties. On today's show, I interview Coach Sam Miller, an assistant coach for the Duke University women's basketball team. Coach Miller is a native of Manistique, Michigan, and has worked as a coach or video coordinator with some of the best head coaches in basketball, including Iron Mountain native and Michigan State University head coach Tom Izzo. All right, so uh, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm just going to give the listeners here some context. So uh, complete happenstance uh, encounter between the two of us. Uh, I was That's in, how it usually happens with me, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I was in yeah. the Raleigh-Durham area visiting my brother-in-law, and he had on a Green Bay Packers shirt, and we were just touring the, the campus there at Duke, and um, and you happened to notice that he was wearing that shirt, and, and we got to talking for a second and mentioned that you're from Manistique. And, yeah. And, uh, yes, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's the UP's – huge there's not a lot of people from the up but it's always cool to to see people when we're out and about and and you had mentioned the shirt when we first came on and whenever i get on an airplane i make sure that i'm wearing michigan state here yeah no it's always good. hey sports is always a good jumping off point for conversations and all that kind of stuff and when so and when i saw the packers shirt just to be sure, it was an Acme Packers shirt. It, it was, was a throwback yes. shirt. So that's what really, because there's a lot of Packers fans, you know, but that's what really tipped me off where I'm like, these people, they're just, they're probably from somewhere around there. And then it just turned out that, that you guys are from the UP and uh, I, I'm glad I said something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you like my wife, she'll, she'll be the first one to tell you too. And, and she kind of rolls her eyes at places like now living in North Carolina, we'll, we'll be somewhere and I'll see a Detroit Tigers hat. And I have to, I have to point it out whether I go and talk to the person or not. I at least have to point it out and be like, Hey, that's cool. That's <laughs> one, of, one of my people right there. So, oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, man. No, thanks for having me. This is, uh, I'm, I, I was, I was looking forward to it. Sorry. It took us a couple times, you know, or busy, busy going, you know, a lot going on and, and I'm glad we were able to do it. Yeah. And you know, we had talked last week and it's almost just like the absolute perfect timing for me to decide yeah. to go ahead and start this and try and get you on it because things are going to be a whole lot different in your life over the next uh, six months or so. And uh, yeah, so it's perfect timing for me, for me to get that. So we'll go ahead and jump in. Um, You know, the first thing is, so just so that, you know, people completely understand. So uh, coach Miller is a uh, assistant basketball coach for the Duke women's uh, basketball team. And uh, I think people would be really interested to, to hear what a day in the life of Coach Miller looks like. You know, we were going to do this yesterday or the day before, and yeah. you, you somehow ended up in Washington, D.C., so I got to imagine things are pretty interesting in, in your life. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, no, no one day is really like the other. Um, you know, it, it, I, I was working, give you a little bit of background. I was the video coordinator here at Duke before I became an assistant coach. So that day, it looks a lot different. And that day is kind of the same. That's the groundhog day where it's kind of like you're at the office all day. You know, you're, you're at the same place every day. You're not allowed to recruit, all that kind of stuff. The second I switched over, um, 
completely different world. Uh, and I had, I had coached, uh, at the division three level, uh, as an, that's been the only other time I've been an assistant coach, um, and then worked in, in video and operations at a, at a couple other places too. But, um, so I kind of, I, I didn't really know at this, at, I guess at the division one level at, at a school kind of with the athletic magnitude that Duke has, um, I, I guess I, I guess I kind of underestimated that, and I love it. I'm kind of a, an adventurous soul, anyway. Um, so every day being kind of a new a new thing, and, and kind of a new going somewhere new, you know, you're always meeting new people. Um, you know that 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 provides for a lot of a lot of interesting experiences uh, on a day to day basis. But I guess to, to give you today was our first day of official practices, so so I will. I guess, I guess like a day like today, right now we're practicing pretty early in the morning. So I, when I, I got up today about 5 a.m., which, um, you know, that's not the usual schedule, but we have three grad students on our team this year. Um, that's, again, that's, that's kind of out, out of the ordinary as well um, from, from a normal college basketball team. And all their classes start at like noon, 1 o'clock. So we, we have a, you know, short amount of time that we can get all this stuff in, and, and it just pushes everything earlier. So I got, I got up pretty early today. Um, we, we had practice or we had a meeting at 7 a.m. Um, deputy commissioner from the ACC for women's basketball. She came and visited. And then also the director of officials uh, kind of coming in and they do a meeting with every team in the league. Uh, so that was that was something a little bit different. But then we started practice about 8 a.m. and practice to about about 11, uh, a little bit before 11. And then from there, it's you know, I, I, I had a few things that I was taking care of around the office. Um, Got some pretty ambitious managers on our team, so I was writing a couple letters of the recommendation for internships for them and some of those kind of things, which that's a little out of the ordinary, too. Again, something we're not normally doing on a day-to-day basis. But then um, our head coach was in the office the whole day, so you know, about, about 2, 3 o'clock, she's asking for, you know, for recruits to call when they're starting to get out of school, and we're getting recruits on the phone, you know, handing the phone over to her, talking to moms, dads pretty much anything that kind of goes into that day-to-day grind uh, of recruiting. And, uh, so, and then, you know, that was about two or three hours and then, you know, got out of there about five 30 today and, you know, sped out of the office because there's a tremendous, uh, thunderstorm outside right now. And I knew that was going to hit. So I got home in time for that, but, you know, and then, and then tonight, you know, I, I got the, brought my laptop home, got our practice from earlier today on it. Take a, take a few quick peeks at, at some things that we did today. Um, you know, just to, just to give a little bit of feedback. We're not, not really in the process right now of showing video from practices on a daily basis, just because at the early, early parts of the season, we're, we're focusing more on, on a lot of effort things, making sure that we're, we're just going all out. We don't want them overthinking. We just want them doing right now. And we're going to correct things as we go. So, um, that, that's kind of, that's how my day was today. Uh, tomorrow, I think it, if I'm willing to bet is going to be very similar just because, you know, we, that's, we got, we're into full season practices now. Um, but, but yeah. And at, at the drop of the hat, it could be a trip though, you know, to, to like last week I was in Toronto and went to Toronto and, and you know, that was, that was a day trip. I managed to do that going up in the morning, coming back at night. Um, you know, so, so there's some things like that. They're a little out of the ordinary, but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the basis for what's going on right now in my, my day to day.
And just so that everybody understands, you know, most people are probably more familiar with, you know, the men's side of Duke basketball, but yeah. the women's side is no slouch either, right? I mean, yeah. you guys have, you know, been very, very competitive and have, I'm sure, aspirations of battling for ACC um, championships and ACC tournament championships. And then, of course, you know, when March comes around and, 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 you know, getting into the tournament and things like that. So will you just, uh, you know, kind of give the, the, the listeners a little bit of a history, you know, maybe the last year or so, where Duke basketball on the women's side yeah. has been? Yeah. So l- last year we, we were 28 and six, um, we finished the year. We were, we were ranked in the top 10. Honestly, I, I don't know exactly where we were, um, but we, we came in second in the regular season in the ACC going into the, uh, going into the, uh, the ACC tournament. Um, made it to the championship game and lost to lost to Notre Dame in the, in the ACC championship game in the tournament. So we second in the regular season, second in the in the in the ACC tournament as well. And we we ended up being a, a two seed going into the going into the tournament. We were in the in the, uh, the Bridgeport Regional, which you know you had you had everyone who was really good at the top. I mean, UConn was the one seed. We were the two. I think Maryland was the three. Um, there are a number of number of West Virginia was in there, I believe. Um, we ended at Temple, so we we hosted Temple and Oregon and Hampton uh, in the first round. We we played Hampton. Unfortunately, we lost a couple players in that first round game. Um, one of them one of them being kind of our, Kyra Lambert, she's kind of our our stud on the defensive end. She's just kind of a just that all, she's that glue type player. Um, which we knew it was going to affect us going into the second round. Oregon was rolling. They, they had played well in their, in the PAC 12 tournament and uh, game started and we kind of got, we got, we were playing even with them for a little bit and they got ahead by four or five points and we just couldn't make it up. We would make runs and we just didn't have the habit in us to, to get over the hump. And, you know, losing Cairo was a, was a big, big part of that. I don't want to blame it all just on, you know, on injuries and, but it just it kind of showed our at that point in the season our lack of depth, um, which we've really improved on with the players that we've brought in this year. Uh, so we're we return everybody everybody but two players. We lost two seniors last year, uh, which were was our starting four and our starting five. Um, big part of our team, obviously, they're both playing professionally overseas. One's in France and one's in Slovenia. Um, but we've 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 brought in some really good players too. We brought in a grad transfer who's going to, you know, anytime you can get a graduate transfer who's played for, for three or four, you know, three years, I guess already um, a lot of experience. We we've replaced them with some very good, very good players. And with, and then, you know, the main core of our team coming back, we're, we're looking to have a pretty good year. Um, you know, of course that's, we want to keep everyone healthy. That's, that's the key. That's the big caveat is, is staying healthy. And we've managed to do that so far. Um, so we're, we're looking to have a pretty good season um, and I'm not much for preseason rankings or anything like that, but they did come out with the preseason rankings and we're number eight in the country. Take that for what it is. Um, you know, that's kind of what other people think that we are and, and think that we could be. And, but we, we have to, we have to take care of business on our own, uh, you know, every day, every day we go out there. So. Yeah. And somebody's got to put a loss over on that UConn team at some point, huh? Yeah, no, I, I was I, I was at the Final Four in Dallas. I was at the game when Mississippi State beat them, and I was rooting for UConn. 
no offense to anyone, you know, from Mississippi <laughs> State or anything. No, no, a few people over there on their on their coaching staff. But I was rooting for UConn because selfishly, I wanted to be the team that's like, I want them to go undefeated. I want them to win the championship undefeated next year. We meet them in the in you know in the tournament somewhere. I want to be the team to beat them. Yeah. Um, but it you know it didn't work out that way, and and they you know they're a really good team, and and it was a little you know a game that was a little bit out of character for them. Um, you know, some things that happened throughout that game. You know, you, it, 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 there was maybe two minutes left, and it was, you know, a three or four point game, and I, I can't remember specifically what the score was, but you could just feel the energy in the building, yeah. And, and you're like, man, this this could be something. This could be something that you know is pretty special that that that's about to happen, and it sure enough it was. But you know, selfishly again, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to be that team, and I think any, I really think anybody, I I, I hope our players were feeling that way. I hope you know because we would have met them in the, in the Elite Eight game had we you know, been able to keep going and uh, kind of on a collision course with them, but got a little bit derailed and um, hopefully we get a shot next year. You know, and I guess the thing that you can kind of, you know, that might make it a little bit easier is that, you know, being at a big time program like Duke is that you're going to have your chance to have these, you know, these huge games, right? I mean, you've got plenty of them throughout every single season that, I mean, it's, it's incredible when you think about, you know, that level of basketball that, I mean, pretty much every night is a big game, right? I mean, yeah. and, you know, you don't have to be playing against UConn for a game to matter that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty humbling uh, to think about it, to, you know, be representing a place like Duke. And then, and then you know, you walk out there and you, you know, you see the, you, you know, you see the, the other team, the, the colors, the, whether it's Florida State whether it's North Carolina, whether, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, we got Ohio state coming in this year. It just all the, any, anyone who's a big name, you know, pretty much the whole ACC, you know, and then we'll have four or five games throughout our non-conference that are, you know, very, very good opponents, you know, top, top level opponents. And then you have some stinkers in there too, that, which is kind of the, you know, that's par for the course really for any, any college basketball early in the season. Um, again, but the main thing is, is can you get through those type of games, and get something out of them. So yeah. when you do meet a big team, you know, a, a better team, can you, you know, are you, are you kind of operating at, 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 you know, the top of your game to, to be able to compete at that level. So, um, I'm looking forward to it this year too. We got a, we got a great schedule. Um, luckily a lot of our, our, uh, tough early season, um, non-conference games are at home. Uh, I think at South Carolina is our only road game that we're, you know, that, that you look at it and say that was a, a really very good, you know, team that was in the tournament last year, obviously South Carolina winning the, winning the national championship, but they, they lost a few players. So they're not going to be the same team, but they're going to be tough at home. Um, but at the same time, we've got, we've got some really great games at home as well. So you had mentioned, you know, how humbling it is to, to be sitting in the seat that you're in. I mean, I think that, most Hoopers probably, um, you know, we, we dream big, right? But, um, I mean, how, how awesome to be able to sit on, you know, in Cameron Indoor on the sidelines and, and directing, you know, such an important task. So how, how did you get there? How did I get there? Long story. Long and winding road. Oh, you're road. too young for it to be that long. No, it, it's, it's surprising how, how long, it, you know, how, how fast it it goes, but then you look back on it and, you know, and everyone has the, the vision in their head that they set a goal and they, they have their steps. And I've, I've kind of always been that way since I was a little kid. I can remember being, being really young and being like, you know, asking my dad, like, dad, how do you become a major league baseball player? How do you become an NBA player? 
And in my head, you know, young, you know, naive head, I'm just like, okay, well, cool. I'll dominate at high school and then I'll go to a college and I'll get, I'll get drafted and I'll play in the NBA. That's, you know, those are the logical steps. Right. And it was no different when I started, when I kind of got the itch to, to coach. Um, and, and that really, yeah, it really started when I was a, I was a sophomore in, in college and I was working, uh, coach Izzo's camp at Michigan state and just being around those, those type of players and, and those coaches. And then, you know, the people that I was, I was coaching in the camp with too, a lot of them were college coaches or, you know, or college players with the ambition to go on and coach, you know, at, at some point in their career as well. Um, so I kind of made that decision, uh, you know, right then and there. And from that point on, I, I kind of, I, I took some steps in, that I thought were, the logical steps. Right. And, and I tried to, what I wanted to do initially was at, at Michigan state was be a graduate assistant. Um, what I did, I graduated college and, and moved to East Lansing. And so that summer I was essentially working with the, the other, you know, coaches at Michigan state when, um, you know, their players would come in for summer, summer classes and, and kind of their initial start to their, their season uh, in July, I was on the court with them. I was helping out, doing anything possible, um, you know, learning the video here and there. there. You know, a lot of their guys were pretty gracious with with their time and, and teaching me some of the ins and outs with video. And, and you know, I just – I really loved it and got to got to August and, you know, some things happened and, and they didn't end up having a spot open for me. But Coach Izzo luckily took some time. I remember meeting with him you know, you kind of wait by the door at 7am and, you know, by his office door and he came in and just briefly told, told him what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And, and he said, all right, let's, let's take a week. You go see what you can find. I'll, I'll see if I can help you out in any way. And came back and, and it turned out that Western Michigan, we had, we had some, you know, some acquaintances there, uh, common coaches that we knew. And, and he got on the phone right then and there and, and called Western Michigan's um, staff. It was Rick Carter that he called, uh, who was an assistant coach at, at Western at the time. And just like that, I, I had a, I had a spot, but that was, so not then it, with a week before school, I had to get into school and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But luck, I did all that, spent two, two great years on Steve Hawkins staff uh, as a grad assistant Um Took a, took a lot of the video responsibility. They got a brand new video system when I was there, so they kind of handed that to me. Like, all right, like you have a little bit of, little bit of you know history with that, and you know what you're doing. So that's that's kind of your baby now. And from that point, spent two years there. Um, ended up getting a, an internship uh, with the with the NBA Development League, uh, with the New York Knicks and NBA Development League team in Erie, Pennsylvania. And so I spent a year there. Um, hit, you know, it was kind of a rough year. The Knicks were going through some stuff. Pretty much everyone above me kind of got the ax and by association, you know, I, I was back searching for something as well. And that happened a little bit later, you know, kind of mid summer and stuff. Uh, spent a year out of basketball that year, uh, as far as coaching that, that season, uh, then got back into it, uh, ended up running into a, a a friend of mine, Eric Dougal, who was the head coach at Kalamazoo College at the time, um, and said, you know, I, I know you want to coach. You've been doing a lot of other video stuff and all that. If you want to coach, I got a spot for you on my staff. And um, so I ended up taking that and I had a great time, uh, you know, coaching the coaching the guys at Kalamazoo College. Um, got to the point where, you know, I 
I got a call uh, at the end of January uh, of 2016. Just a random call. I didn't didn't know the number or anything. It was North Carolina number. Sure enough, it, it, it's uh, it's a coach that I had a, a our time overlapped at Western Michigan. She was on the women's staff and I was on the men's staff. And um, she goes, you know, we're looking for a video coordinator right here in the middle of the season. Is this something that you'd be interested in? Would you be able to do it? And, you know, division three, you're not making a lot of money. We, we had two, about two weeks left in our season, um, went to the head coach and just said, you know, I was, I was offered this job after, you know, after a couple of days and, Three days later, I was there. I was. I walked in on a Monday. I think it was February first of 2016, and walked in. And we we were playing Notre Dame that night. And it was kind of like, all right, here's your office. Here's the video equipment. Here's, you know, do what you got to do to, you know, to try to get this figured out. And it was that was a that was a really challenging week from the standpoint of I I didn't really have a resource there to to kind of show me everything that they were doing. Um, you know, so I kind of had to pick up all the pieces right there in the middle of the season, uh, finished out that season. It was pretty much like a, I guess you'd say like a six week job interview. Um, they were going to make the decision. All right, do we keep this guy for the next season or not? And, uh, luckily, you know, a few weeks into it, the head coach, uh, Joanne P. McCauley, she, she told me, she's like, Hey, we're going to bring you back next year. And, and we, we'd love to have you on the staff. So I came back for another season and, I uh, was a lot more involved on the coaching side of it as far as with the scouting reports and, you know, sharing ideas and, you know, kind of being, being very, I, I, I don't want to say forward, but, you know, not holding back. Like if I, if I had a thought, she's, she's the type of coach that's going to give you, you know, some time to, and, and I guess the, the freedom to say what you want. If she didn't like it, she'd say, no, you know, I don't, I don't really think that's going to work, but a lot, you know, a lot of what I was helping with and, and had input on, I think she found it valuable. And, you know, sure enough, after that, this past season, uh, got the nod to be an assistant coach. So, uh, that's, that's kind of the, the quick and dirty ver- you know, version of how I got to where I am. Um, you know, there's so much that goes into it, as you know, you know, meeting people and a lot of different people helping you along the way, but, um, you know, a lot, lot of ups and downs, things coming close on certain jobs that, you know, that'd be great. You know, it came close on a, on a number of positions in the NBA and just never really, never, never got the nod, never got the yes. I was always one of the two or three finalists for the job, um, but never got that nod. But I, I'm certainly, I'm really thankful of how, how it worked out. I love being here at Duke. Um, you know, I love working in the women's game. I, I think, I think anyone who kind of, looks down on the women's game because it is, yeah, there isn't the high flying dunks. There isn't, you know, that kind of stuff. If that matters to you, then yeah, that's not the, that's not the game for you, but I absolutely love it. The players are, are immensely talented. The people are great to work with and, uh, you know, I'm having a great time. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, people looking down on it. It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, you know, you always hear, especially, you know, after UConn wins another championship or something, it's like, well, when's Gino going to go and, coach the men's game you know and it's like well why does he need to it, it doesn't make right. any sense that he needs to do that I mean he he's a legend in his own right what he's doing and, and people when they say something like that they make it sound like it's easy what he's doing you right. know and 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 it's not I mean it's the dedication and the, and the the work that you know that you've just described to get you to where to where you got right and and the other thing is 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 making those connections right I mean you were able to 
do two things, right? Network really, really well and find people that could help you. And then also show them that you had some sort of value. Yeah. And, uh, and so that kind of leads to my next question is, is, uh, you know, what, what advice do you have out there for somebody that wants to, to become, you know, a division one college coach? Yeah. Well, you, you have to, you have to be able to take no for an answer a lot of times, many, many times you're, you're, you're being told no, you're being, and whether that's, whether that's just asking a coach like, Hey, can I come and, you know, share some ideas with you? Can I watch, can I observe a practice? Can I, sometimes they're going to say no. Um, you know, and then, and then you, then you start to ask the big questions of, you know, do you have a spot on your staff? How, how can I be a grad assistant? How can I help out, be a manager, whatever, whatever those are, you have to be able to take no for an answer, but then, you know, you know what I mean? And accept it and just be like, all right, I got to move on to the next thing. Um, I, I think anyone has, if you have, if you have, you know, there's, there's a, there's a bit of knowledge that comes with all this stuff that you acquire, whether it's through playing, whether it's through, you know, kind of being mentored by other coaches, you, you gain that knowledge. But if that aside, I feel like anyone can, it, can do this. Anyone can get to where they want to be if they're willing to put up with all the little things that they need to do um, to get to that point. Uh, if, if that makes any sense, you know, like there's, there's a lot of, a lot of, you have to be open to meeting anybody. You, you can't be, you can't be a quiet person. I'm not saying you have to be, you know, the walk in the room and yell and be like, Hey, you know, everyone I'm here, you don't have to be that kind of guy or, 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 or woman, but you have to be someone who is absolutely willing to put yourself out there. Um, you know, ask for things, ask people for faith, for favors. A lot of people don't like to ask for favors and, and it's not asking much, but you know, just asking like, Hey, can I come in and rebound when you're working with, working, working with your players? Uh, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter what it is, but you're, you're showing somebody your value, your willingness to give up your time. Um, and a lot of time your, your, your willingness to give up your money too. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I did that to set myself up for these network op networking opportunities that came out of my own pocket. And whether that was driving, you know, five hours to, you know, to Indianapolis to watch a, watch a practice, whether that's going out to Las Vegas during NBA summer league to network with, with, you know, whoever you can get in touch with out there. Um, those things are, are kind of things that, you know, you, you need help with. Uh, I certainly had a lot of help with when, you know, people ask me all the time, who's kind of helped you the most get to this point, expecting the answer to be a coach or, you know, or somebody or, you know, somebody to give you that, that start in your, in your career. But mine's literally been my parents because they helped me right out of college. You know, I'm, I didn't have any money. Uh, you know, how am I going to move to Lansing? Yeah. I, I had a job, a, a part-time job in the early in the morning stocking shelves, but I would do that until 9am and then I would go to the gym and, and do whatever they needed me to do. Uh, and just to try to be helpful in any way possible. Um, so that's, you're giving up your time, you're giving up your money. You're trying to prove to somebody that can give you a job that you deserve a job and that you can bring something to their, to their coaching staff, um, to where they should, you know, give you a job, trust you with their, with their players, trust you with, you know, with their program in a way and, and count on you to do the things that you need to do to help them. You know, one of the other things is that, that got me thinking when you were saying this, I had two things written down on here while you were saying this. One of them was definitely money. Um, yeah. You know, the, the glory, 
I think what the, you know people think is that you know being uh, um, getting in, what people forget is what it took to get to where you're at right now, right? Where you yeah. can you know enjoy you know life and and things like that. But the other thing is location. Yeah. Um, you know, let's say that Stanford called you instead of Duke. I mean, I'm sure that you probably would have been on the next plane out to Palo Alto or if Oregon. That's actually called. pretty funny that you say that though. Because there, there are at, at a certain point you do, and I and I guess mine was I I had already lived away from, you know, family, for for a year and a half, and, you know, you, sometimes you do get you do get offers that you think might you know two years ago might have been the the right move the perfect move, um, but at that at at that time you have to make a tough decision, you know, um, and, and you don't go there's some of those things that come into play too. And, yeah. and it's finding that how are you, can, are you going 100% at, for a career without regarding your family, without regarding, you know, a wife or, you know, girlfriend, something like that. When, you know, two years ago, yeah, that would have been the good move. That would have been the right move. But, you know, maybe, maybe now something like that isn't the right move. So you're absolutely right. It just happenstance that something, something comes your way. And it's the, it's the luck factor. I mean, there's, you can set yourself up for all these, for all these things. You can network, you can know everybody, but you, there's a, there's a lot of luck involved too. And a lot of the time it's bad luck, but something's going to break your way. If you keep at it, you keep going. Um, you don't let the, you know, some of the stuff where you're going for jobs and you're getting a no, uh, you know, and it's not that way for everyone. There, and I don't mean to talk ill of anyone who's gotten a job because they know somebody uh, right away, or their their parent is notable, a notable basketball coach or a person in the in in the basketball world. Like that's great. That's how a lot of people get jobs. That's how a lot of people get jobs in the real world. You know, and I say the real world, like you know, I, <laughs> you know, a, a regular nine to five, I guess. I I, I don't consider my job a, a real world job because I have such a great time at it. You know, it's, it's very enjoyable, but, um, but I'm, I'm not from that. I don't, I don't really have that, that high level pedigree coaching pedigree where it's like, Oh, so-and-so is his dad. Here's a job. I I never had that. So I, I did have to do a lot of the, you know, knocking, knocking down doors and, you know, ultimately luck was a factor in getting to a place, you know, like Duke. Yeah. And, you know, you think about, you know, it, it, living up here in the UP and, and, and really what you're describing is most of the people that I run into up here, you know, I'm not originally mm-hmm. from the UP and, and lived up here for three years now. And, and that's the type of determination. So if you can kind of, you know, um, how has being, being from the UP kind of helped in this journey that you've been on, um, to get where you're at now? Yeah. And, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of places where people work hard. There's a lot of places that have a, a great, sense of um like camaraderie community if you will to 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 kind of get things but like it's it's unique and you live there obviously you live there now I grew up there and you you see it every day I and you know in a lot of the small towns and a lot of a lot of how you get through your day or how to how you get through your year you know what I mean there's there's a some of the some of the best people that that I've ever met they're they're from where I'm from they're from the UP. They're people that I, you know, in my community that, you know, maybe at the time you, you take, you kind of took for granted and, you know, you go somewhere else and you're like, man, like I, I wish there was a person like so-and-so. Uh, 
so, so I, I think, you know, my parents, they work hard. Uh, like a lot of people's parents do. Um, I, I see a lot of other people do what they have to do to get by in, in the UP. Um, so I, I know I, I'm, I, I guess the community, the, the aspects of, of remaining humble, knowing where you started, knowing, knowing how hard you worked to get from a place a little bit off the, off the beaten path to, you know, a, a notable place in, in, in my profession, I, I guess I would say. Um, and there's a long way to go. There's a lot of people that have done it. And when I say there's a, you know, there's a lot, there's, you know, relative to the amount of people that are from the UP, they, there's a lot of really good coaches that come out of there. And it, it kind of leads to the, the culture, you know, lends, lends to the, the, the sports culture, the, the community culture that, that exists in the UP, um, you know, really, really in the Midwest overall. Uh, that that's kind of helped me, but uh, I'm kind of all over the map on this answer because it, it's a, it's a tough question because I do there's a sense of of all the stuff that you've kind of had to work through. You were always growing up. I was always going to going to basketball camps, and I was always a, the kid from the place that no one knew even it was part of Michigan. You know, people from other parts of the country. It's like, wait, there's another part to Michigan other than the Lower Peninsula. Like, yeah. You're always you feel like you're always fighting a little bit of an uphill battle, um, but then you think back on how you got to where you're at at any one point in your life, and you realize it's it's the values, it's the community, it's the humility, all those kind of things that come with growing up in the UP that uh, that I think kind of lend to you know pushing through a lot of tough situations pushing through, you know, really, really situations that a lot of other people might be like, oh, I've heard no like 10 times now. I'm going, you know, I'm going to try something else. I was, I was pretty much, I was a one track mind kind of person. And, you know, I knew that being from where I'm from and getting to where I wanted to be, all of those things, all those values that, that I grew up with were, were going to, you know, were going to help me out. You know, two things that you had just talked about that, that really hit with me is, um, the first thing, if if somebody had told me 10, 15 years ago, like on a map, that this is where you're going to spend your entire adult life, yeah. I would have said, you mean the part of Michigan that's connected to Wisconsin, right? Yeah. I, I wouldn't have, yeah. I didn't even know it was the UP, right? And and then the other thing is kind of like this sense of community. I, I love living up here so much, and North Central High School has had amazing basketball teams over there. They've won the state championship the last three years. Yep. And um, one of the coolest things that I've ever seen, you know, I live in Gladstone, so we're about, you know, 30 miles away from, from North Central High School probably. And our city cops shut down the highway so that North Central could drive their bus back home. And there must have been 50 people from Gladstone out there in the middle of the highway honking their horns and, you know, making as much noise as they could when the, when the North Central Jets, you know, pulled through. And, and you know, I, I teach at Escanaba High School and live in Gladstone, and we neither one of those schools ever played North Central since I've been up here. But, you know, that sense of community is, yeah. is real, and it doesn't matter if it's, St. Ignace or, you know, Houghton or, or anything, you know, we will battle against each other when we're up here, but when we go down state, it, it, you are fighting against the entire UP when a team yeah. goes down to, to, you, to play a downstate team. You definitely have the, the chip on your shoulder mentality with a lot of that, and uh, 
That's I, that's exactly what, what what you're talking about, though. Is is that that sense of that sense of community? Everyone rallies behind the teams. You know, it's and it's like a lot of places, though. You know, on Friday nights with football, they're gonna the whole town is shutting down. No one's no one's going. You know, doing anything else but going to watch the football game. Um, you know, so the the support that that you get growing up, especially as an athlete, especially as someone who, you know played sports at, you know, at, at a small school, the whole town gets behind you and it's not that way everywhere you go. Um, unfortunately, it, it's a shame that a lot of other people don't get to experience those things because, because it's definitely a really unique experience. And, you know, it does give you that value, the, the scent, the values of, of community and the love and, and support that you get, um, going, going, being from a small town, being from a place that it's like, there's not much going on. There's not much else going on here, and it, it does give people, you know, that 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 something to look forward to. Maybe at the end of the week, or on a Tuesday night, or a Friday night in the middle of you know February, you know, they want to go and support their their high school teams. Um, yeah, and and the, and the thing is, like, there's always been teams that that come out of the UP and win state championships. Yeah. There always are. Uh, you know, as someone that's gone to the Michigan, the the, the basketball and, and the football state championships for, for many years with, with my, with my dad and, and some other relatives and friends, you know, we, we always go down there and there's at least one, one or two teams in, in every one of those games. Uh, so, you know, we pull for them. Who knows how many other people in the crowd are actually really, you know, really even know where they're from, but, but it's, it's a special thing uh, when, when somebody from the UP, you know, goes down there and you do see that, that community support, there's no one left back home. <laughs> because they they all they all follow the bus to the game, no matter how far away. If it you know if it's East Lansing or Detroit, uh, they're they're going with the team. Yeah, I mean you know just going back to that, you know, I mean there must have been you know following that team bus when North Central was, and you know here's the cool thing is that they did it three years in a row, and there was still that much excitement, right? And, yeah. And there were probably fifty cars right behind that team bus, and yeah, I mean it, it makes you proud of of where you're at, you know, and or where you're from. Um, just to know that, you know, that's, that's how we feel about ourselves and, and each other, you know? Yeah. Um, moving over to, um, you know, being at Duke is definitely a, you know, you've got a lot of pressure on you, um, and your team does, but what are the biggest challenges now that you're there that you think you're going to be facing, uh, as an assistant coach at Duke? Biggest challenges. Um, I think, well, and this, this is going to, I'm, I'm 29 years old, so I'm, I'm a millennial just like, just like our players are, but there is a, you know, there's, there's a growing sense of kind of, I don't like individuality just in the world in general. I think, um, I think the big, so, so there, you know, because of that, and, and I, I'm not saying our players are like this right now, our players are great, but you're, as we go. I think that's only going to get stronger that, you know, people kind of doing their own, trying to do their own thing. Um, I think the biggest challenge really is going to be bringing people together as a team. It's a challenge. It's always been a challenge. I, and, but I think with some of the particular challenges with, you know, social media, people are always kind of the self promotion type thing is always going on. Um, people are always sharing their own opinions on things I, I don't, those types of things for, uh, to be a part of a successful team, I don't think have any place. Uh, so, so combating those things, 
and not really combating, I guess just instilling that in our team and in our players. And, in, and that's, that, could say, that holds true for our coaching staff, all the rest of our staff, you know, um, the recruits, parents. It's, it's, it's the realization or, or, or the, the teaching, that, teaching people that, you know, none of this is about you. This is about, you know, a university. It's about representing the university, you know, in a, obviously in a, in a respectful manner and representing the team, uh, you know, on the court, um, just like you'd represent yourself, you know, anywhere else in a job interview or, you know, it, it's all, it's all predicated on how you approach what you're doing. Um, so I think, I think try, combating that individual, that thought of individuality and bringing, bringing team values uh, and keeping those at the forefront. I think, I think those are big challenges. Um, you know, we, we don't deal with, I, I, on the women's side, I don't think we, we deal with a lot of the things that exist in other areas of college athletics. Um, it's obviously very competitive still, but you know, there's not a, there's not a ton of money, I guess, at the end of the road. Uh, so you're not, you don't really have it with recruiting. I, I, I haven't felt a lot of the same, types of pressures and some of the, some of the same ideas that maybe parents have or coaches have, or even the student athletes have when they come in to a big time program, it, it's still pretty, uh, in my mind, it's still pretty, pretty wholesome. It's still, it's still, a you know, a, a, a competitive thing where, you know, you're still competing for recruits, but you don't, have, you're not, decisions are being made on the types of school that, you know, that they want to go to their major, you know, it's not just about basketball. So I, I don't think I'm, I'm kind of getting onto what I don't think is as much of a challenge. Um, but I think a lot of people from the outside think that that's such a huge, that's a huge challenge is, is recruiting when really you're, you're selling yourself, you're selling the people that you have, you're selling everything that, that you can help, you know, a young person do in their life to set them up for, you know, for the best chance that they have to be successful. But, when it comes to challenges, I think is I think is is combating individuality, keeping that out of it, um, and bringing people in and and keeping it you know tight knit in a team with a with a team mentality. Um, yeah, I mean uh, that's great. I I, uh, I I think that most people will be surprised actually by your answer because I think that they, you know they think that they think Duke basketball and they think it's got to be the same on you know on both sides on the men's and the women's and actually it's. It's good to hear, you know. I mean, I think if you if you're somebody who likes just to watch basketball for basketball, right, you're probably going to enjoy watching the women's game more, right? And then to hear what you had just said, as um, you know that you don't that kids are going to Duke not just for basketball, but to, mm-hmm. for a specific major. You know, it has that wholesome feel that I think when you know, especially when it comes to March, that you don't feel as much when you're watching you know, the men's game. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the men's game, I mean, there's a lot of great programs out there. I, I, I feel, I mean, I, I feel like I've seen some of the best programs, you know, some closer than others in the country. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of speaking on more of like what's gone on recently in college, in yeah. college basketball. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know, in the, you get into the whole thing with money again. Money is yeah. driving a lot of that stuff over there. Um, people, people feeling like, all right, others are making money off of me, and I'm not getting a piece of the pie. And um, you know, and trying to set things up for later with some of the the top talent with, when they go 
when they play for professional basketball and um, that that doesn't really doesn't really exist on, on our side which which I'm pretty thankful for and um, I hope it I hope it doesn't I hope it stays away and and uh, from everything I've seen I think it's I think it's going to so now that you are going to be you know sitting on the bench and and making in-game calls and stuff like that I, I you know here um, I'm sure that you know that you're definitely going to be busy doing a whole lot of things how do you balance that aspect of the coaching and the responsibilities that you have in coaching and recruiting and things like that with, with life and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being from the UP again, right. I mean, we all love our outdoors and, and like to get away and go out where we don't see anybody for miles. And, but how, how, how do you balance that aspect with the, all of the responsibilities that you have now? Yeah. Well, we've, we've been, I mean, there, there is time in, in our, I guess in our year, that we, that, that, that we have time to get away. We have time to go on vacations. We have a lot of time with family and, you know, different points in the off season. Um, but for me personally, uh, I, I think it's remaining present in everything you're doing, not, not getting overly consumed with one aspect of your life. Like, like, and I, I think a lot of other coaches will say this is like, you can, you can do everything you can do for your team and, and your program but if you don't have any balance in that, you know, you're, you're failing at other parts of your life. Um, whether that's your responsibilities to your family, to, you know, just a, a wife, a husband, uh, you know, anything like that. If you're, I, don't, I think if you're not really prioritizing, if you're overly prioritizing one thing over the other, you're failing in many other areas. And, and I'm, I, that's, a, that's a challenge that I, that I deal with. I'm not a good multitasker. And, you know, when it comes to my day, I want, if I, if I set my mind on a task, I like to do that task and I finish that one thing. Well, I'm learning that, that sometimes that's, that's not exactly possible in, in our line of work. You're like, in, cause you're dealing with a lot of, you're talking with a lot of other people. You're, it's a lot of cooperation on, on other things that have, all of that has to come together, uh, you know, to make something happen. Well, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And I have to be able to change my mindset to, all right, now, you know, that, that happened today, that's done. Uh, I'm going home and, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to devote my time to, to my wife. I'm going to devote my time to, you know, helping some, a friend out with, you know, with whatever, or, or going, you know, going over to one of the other coaches houses for dinner or, you know, those kind of things is, and I, and I'm staying away from using the word balance because I think some things need to be prioritized over another at, at certain points. It's not always an even balance, but but just remaining present, knowing what you need to do in each in each part of your life, and I'm lucky to work for a boss that if you do have something going on, you've taken care of your responsibilities at work. She, she has no problem if you if you have to go take care of something, um, if you have to go you know see your family for you know for a couple days or something like that. So so I've been, I'm very fortunate in that way, and I've been fortunate in that way up until this point in my career. Um, but that's always the biggest thing I think is if you can, if you can remain present in what's going on, don't let one area of your life slack just because you're busy in another, everyone's busy, no matter what profession they're in. A lot of people are busy, but a lot of people still take care of their family and spend time with their, with their significant others, their family, you know, their loved ones. Um, that's, that, that's kind of my philosophy on that. And it's worked so far. Um, sometimes it doesn't seem that way. Sometimes you, you have somebody at home that's like, you know, you, you're, you're spending a lot of time there. It's like, 
that's what we got to do right now. But how about this? How about, you know, on this day I can, I will, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. We'll go out to dinner or, you know, and I don't, I don't want to make it too personal as far as, you know, loved ones and, and, and significant others, but that's, it's a big part of it. Uh, a lot of people that I know that are in coaching are single. So it, I think it, it, I'd be lying to say that it, if that it wasn't a challenge, if it wasn't a challenge you know, everyone would be, would be married and, and be a coach, but there's, there's a lot of, um, moving that goes on physically moving to, uh, you know, other places, you know, in the United States or, you know, one of the guys I work with right now, I mean, he's coached basketball all, all over the world. He's been in the Philippines. He's been in Japan. Um, certainly not, not, you know, an easy thing to do. Uh, so you got to have people that understand that in your life and, and you have to be able to, to prioritize what needs to be done at, you know, at any one time. So it feels weird asking this next question, right? You're going into your first year as an assistant coach and yeah. um, at, at Duke and, and, you know, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So what do you imagine your career trajectory looking like? You know, you're, you're, you're still young. Um, you have a great position where you're at right now, obviously, mm-hmm. but w- what's the, what's the ultimate goal? Well, I think the ultimate goal for me, I, I would like to be a head coach one day. Um, I think, I think a lot of people who are assistant coaches, I think that's their goal. And if you tell me, you know, where I want to be a head coach, I, I don't know. I, I, I would like to coach at the highest level I can, I can possibly be at. And right now that's, that's at here at Duke, you know, with the women's basketball program. Uh, you know, I, I really, I really don't give, haven't given those, those types of like lofty, long, I guess, long distant goals a thought um i just kind of have a general one and that's kind of how my mindset has changed uh in in the short time that i've been doing this is like you can set those goals something you know some some things aren't going to work out the way that you think or want them to and there's going to be diversions uh but but yeah i think my my goal is to be a head coach right now and and uh when that happens i'm not really sure i i didn't i when it happened to be an assistant coach, I, when it was going to happen to be an assistant coach, I didn't, I w- really didn't have that in my mind. Like, all right, I'm going to do this for two years. And if I'm not an assistant coach by then, I'm, I'm going to hang it up. I, I did not have that mindset. I, I just was kind of focusing on my, my daily job and my, my duties to our team. And uh, it just so happened to work out that way. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, 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 that's my easiest answer for that. Uh, I think the one thing that's, that is unique about Duke is I, I've, I don't give much energy to thinking about what's next in my career because this is a great place. Um, we're, it's a successful program. Uh, I know there's a lot of work that we have to, that, that we do that we have to do to, to maintain what, what has been built here, uh, by, by the previous coaching staffs, but I don't devote, I, I don't feel the need to devote a lot of my energy towards the next thing, like I did when I was younger, like I did when I was a grad assistant, especially that second year, you're a grad assistant. You're trying to think like, all right, well, you know, where's the, where's there going to be a job opening? Where, you know, where am I going to be next year? You're certainly when you're an intern with a professional basketball program, like a uh, professional basketball team, like you have no idea what's going to happen the next year. You're just, you're trying to do as much as you can though, to set yourself up for the next thing while also maintaining everything that, you know, you're responsible for in your, in your day to day. 
But so that's been a, a really cool thing about being here is the staff here is is pretty stable. There's great, really great leadership from the you know from the president of the university. We just got a new brand, brand new president to our, to the university, and and our, our athletic director is you know Dr. White is one of the top athletic directors, if not the top athletic director uh, in the United States in, in college athletics. And so that leadership it trickles down, and, and there's people do what they need to do, and it leads to you know being able to devote all of our energy towards what we're doing right now without thinking about what's next. Um, so this is, I, I've got some like rapid fire questions here, right? Whatever right. comes out is, is what's going to come out. Okay. Oh, no, this could get interesting. We'll see how this goes. All right. So first one is Packers or Lions. Okay. So this, this, I can't, I can't answer that question. I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Whoa! We, as weird as that is, as weird as that is, <laughs> Tampa Bay was in the in, in the yeah. old NFC Central, right? As a young kid, all I, I liked bright colors. I liked you know different thing, you know something different than kind of what everyone else wanted, right? And that slowly became my team. And then wow. they got good. And then Tony Dungy made him good, and, and then Gruden John got him the Super Bowl. Yeah. And yeah, so they, they're still my team, um, which is which is kind of weird. A lot of people look at that, but. At, I, I like both. I like that the Lions are, are are doing doing a little bit better. I like you know I love I love Aaron Rodgers as a you know as a kind of a personality and a leader of his team. I really you know the Packers kind of stand for excellence over a long period of time. You know, pretty much my whole lifetime they've been they've yeah. been great. Yeah. Um, so I so I, res- I I have a lot of respect for all of them. I, I enjoy watching all of them. But my house, my the house that I grew up in, though, was pretty divided. My dad being a Packers fan and my mom being a Lions fan. So, you know, so I definitely do. And then I'm sitting there like the odd one out, in a, <laughs> you know, in an orange, orange and red jersey. It so. probably made it easier for your parents that you were a Buccaneers fan than if you had chosen either the Packers or the Lions, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Rapid fire. I'll, I'll honor your rapid fire. Okay. And, and save the save the narrative. Okay. Coach K. All right, here we go. What'd you say? Coach K or Izzo? Oh, <laughs> Are you I don't sure know if Coach K is going to listen to this. I don't honestly, I don't know. I don't think you'd be surprised if either of them listened to it, but I'm going to go with Izzo. Okay. All right. Okay, and I'm going with Izzo just be, because he's personally helped me with, you know, with, uh, you know, a little bit here and here and there in my career. And, um, but yeah. Um, if you're going out to eat dinner with any coach, past or present, who would it be and what would you eat? Don Meyer. Don Meyer, who, you know, who he was a division two coach, pretty much, pretty much his whole career. I, because I'm fascinated with him because I never did get to hear him speak. I never did meet him, but everybody that's, you know, quite a bit older than me that had, that has had the chance to hear him speak at clinics or, uh, you know, or, or go to his practices. Um, I think he was, he was that, that old old style type of coach, um, and he, he had a wit and a humor about him too that I think is is always pretty endearing for for coaches. You have to have a sense of humor, uh, I think, to to really to do it for as long as he did it. Um, and I don't know, I'd eat whatever he'd want wherever he'd want to go. I don't I don't care if it's McDonald's or Taco Bell. If he wanted <laughs> to go to fast food, I'd go to fast food with that guy because he sounded like he was hilarious and he and he was a heck of a basketball coach. 
All right, last one here. So what is your favorite place to eat at when you come home here to the UP? Main Street Pizza, downtown Manistique. Uh, I, the cravings that I get sometimes are, like, are crazy. I, I, will, I will literally, like, that's the first thing I, I want to eat when I get home, um, which unfortunately isn't enough. I, I don't get home. I don't get home enough and um, hasn't been for a while now with, with all that we've had going on. Um, you know, this, this past summer, especially. And, and I, but that's, that's my number one. And I don't, I don't know what it is about it. And I think it, and, and I don't know, I think it might even be better warmed up in the, in the microwave. I, I really do think it's one of the best, best types of, uh, pizza in the, in the world. So I've had we, a lot of different types of pizza too, trust me, but I'm, that, that's number one. So we've got a main street here in Gladstone. And I, I would say like my ultimate goal is to one day be the owner of the main street pizza here in Gladstone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is it the same? Like, is it the same owner? I did. I, I wasn't aware that it might've been. So like, I wasn't aware like that there's one in Manistique type. either. So yeah. See, now you got to go to Manistique and now I got to, next time I'm in Gladstone, I'm, I'm going to main street pizza there to see if it's the same. If it's like the, if it's like a franchise or something, I didn't, I didn't think it was. Neither do I. I think it might just be coincidence. Although it's it's too close to be coincidence, I feel, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I've had a good time. How can people follow uh, your team and and you that might be listening to this? Yeah. Uh, The best way for us right now, Instagram and Twitter. We have have a great uh, sports information, um, really great sports information department at Duke. Uh, that's the best way to follow our team. Um, they post a lot every day where there's, there's, there's numerous postings. Um, I I have friends that will literally text me and say like, Hey, how was, how was such and such? And I'm like, how did, how did he know we just ate there? And sure enough, it's on, it's on our Twitter account. So like up to the minute, (laughs) you can see what our players are doing. You can see a lot of what our our coaching staff is doing. That's the best way, um, to, to follow. Uh, me personally, uh, Twitter, Instagram, I, I gotta, I gotta up my Instagram game. I got, I, you know, now that I'm an assistant coach, it's, it's kind of a marketing tool too. And, you know, so I, I gotta, I gotta do that. But, but my, uh, my Instagram is, is SK Miller one four. And then my Twitter is SK Miller nine zero six. So like it. one four being my, you know, my number playing, you know, in basketball in high school and, and a couple of years in college. And then, and then obviously the nine zero six, but, um, those are the easiest ways to follow me. Again, I'm not, I'm not someone I, I, I gotta, I gotta get better at it. So if anyone has any suggestions, go ahead, go ahead and message me. Let me know. Let me know what I can do to, to make it better. <laughs> well, thanks a ton. And, you know, of course I'll be following and, uh, and, um, you know, making seeing how you guys are doing this year. And especially, you know, yeah. after last year, the, you know, as much success as you guys had and, I'm sure that you guys are looking forward to an exciting year this year. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to a great year. Yeah, a number of our games, every one of our games is is on is on ESPN, uh, in some form or fashion. Whether, whether most of them are on like ESPNU, uh, ESPN three, uh, you know, online. Got a few ESPN and ESPN two games. Uh, GoDuke.com. That's our that's our athletic website too. And that go there, check out the check out the roster, check out the schedule. Um, kind of tells you everything you need to know. Uh, as far as being able to to watch all of our games. So we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great year, you know, and, and if things go the way we take care of what we need to do on a, on a daily basis, um, we should be pretty good. 
Well, thanks a lot, Coach Miller. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it went well. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the 906 CoachCast with Duke University assistant basketball coach Sam Miller. You can keep up with the Duke women's basketball team on Twitter and Instagram at DukeWBB. The preseason rankings just came out, and Duke was ranked number 12 in the USA Today coaches poll and in the AP poll, so you can expect an exciting season from Manistique's own coach Sam Miller. And if you want to catch the opening game of the season, Duke women's basketball opens their season this Sunday against the Grand Canyon Antelopes, which you can watch on ESPN3 using the ESPN app. They have a number of early tests in their season as they play number 19 Oregon State, number 5 Ohio State, and number 4 and defending national champion South Carolina all in the first three weeks of the season. So make sure you catch some of those games. You can follow updates for this podcast on Facebook at 906CoachCast. And if you have the time, please shoot us a review on iTunes. And one last thing is I'm always, always, always looking for new guests to appear on the show. So if you have an idea of somebody that you think would be a good interview for the 906 CoachCast, please shoot me a message on Facebook. I would really appreciate it. Or if you yourself would like to be interviewed on the uh, 906 CoachCast, I would really appreciate uh, a message as well. I hope you guys enjoyed the show.